of young heroes called the Animorphs. Hello and welcome to Middlemorph Millennials, the podcast that I started to force my friends to read Animorphs and yell at them about psychological horror. Welcome to part two of book six, The Capture. We just left off with the Animorphs morphing flies and boarding Tobias to head to the yurt-controlled hospital where the state governor whichever state that is, is going to be made into a controller during a routine surgery. Enjoy the rest of the episode, and I'll see you at the end. So she's zipping around. They, now they're getting on the bus, which they're calling Tobias, which is kind of cute to call on the bus. And then, of course, more fly jokes, more fly jokes. And, of course, the movie was on last night, so they all watched it. Again, they referenced that movie a lot <laughs> in, the, in the couple chapters. <laughs> yeah they keep saying help me and then Axe is like I don't understand <laughs> what yeah. are you talking about <laughs> he's like the one sober guy at the party what's the reference uh, now would be a perfect time for our fly facts okay so we are talking about flies you know because everybody wants to know more about this so flies are insects in the order of the diptera <laughs> so it's a large order uh, containing uh, a, a, about a million species, including like horse flies, crane flies, hoverflies, but only about 125,000 of those species have actually been described. So there's still an estimated, God damn, I can, I can do math, right? A bajillion um, flies. 875,000. Nope, I can't do math. Sorry, guys. Uh, was an English major for a reason. Flies uh, had a... Uh, have a mobile uh, head um, so like they have a pair of large compound eyes and their mouth parts are um, designed for either piercing or sucking or for lapping and uh, um, sucking uh, so like the <laughs> piercing one obviously is like mosquitoes lapping is um, like a housefly like Jeff Goldblum <laughs> Their um, wing arrangement uh, gives them that great maneuverability that flies are known for, uh, and they have claws and pads on their feet that enable them to cling onto smooth surfaces. Flies undergo a complete metamorphosis, so they lay their eggs and then the larvae um, uh, hatch and... Uh, eat a lot usually uh, mm -hmm. and they lack true limbs and then they develop in a protected environment usually like in some type of food source and the so pupa from the larva formulates a tough capsule and then the adult emerges and most flies have short-lived lives <laughs> so I know, but the important thing about flies to remember is that they are important pollinators they're second huh. only to bees and wasps for pollination in the world. So Did not we got know a lot of flies for something. They they keep the plants that we know and mostly love uh, growing and blooming. They uh, have evolutionarily become uh, assumed to be the earliest pollinators uh, for early plant pollination as well. So they, they evolved early. Flies are often abundant, as it's well known, but they're found almost everywhere in the world except Antarctica. Just like seagulls. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> Speaking of annoying flying things, some families My of flies are fungus feeding, which I thought was interesting. Uh, these include cave dwelling uh, types of gnats that uh, 
that larvae larvae of those gnats are the only diptera with actual bioluminescence. So you got little glowy maggots mm. inside Kate. Cute. Um, yeah. <laughs> so there's some larvae of flies that are actually almost omnivorous, and they consume such substances as paint and shoe polish even, huh. which is also kind of interesting. Larvae of flies will just keep eating, eating, eating. The larvae of shore flies uh, and some other uh, flies survive in extreme environments. So they've been found in glaciers, hot springs, geysers, saline pools, sulfur pools, septic tanks, and even crude oil. So they can live in quite um, extreme conditions. In flight, flies tend to uh, go in a straight line. And then they make a rapid change in direction before continuing on in another straight path. The directional changes are called uh, saccades or saccades. I wish. Sounds like cicadas. You know what? I'm not, (laughs) I am, (laughs) I'm not a scientist. I'm sorry. Uh, And they uh, typically involve an angle of 90 degrees and uh, they can do this switching maneuver within 50 milliseconds. Although most flies live and fly close to the ground, few uh, species are known to fly uh, higher, and there are some uh, to be dispersed by winds at altitudes of up to 2,000 feet and uh, pushed around uh, over long distances, which is also kind of cool. Fly facts. The things that get into your trash when you don't notice and make babies, and then one day you wake up and there's maggots all over your kitchen floor... Happened to me three times. Uh, yeah, or your garbage disposal. Everybody, <gasps> make sure that's clean because they will get in there and then you're like, where are they coming from? They're coming from your sink. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, I never fruit, thought about that. Infestation. I covered my mouth with my hand when you said that. That's heinous. <laughs> it's... It happened to us years ago, and we were trying to figure it out. It's like, yeah, make sure your garbage disposal is clear and clean at all times, y'all. Ugh, that is good. It was to so know. gross cleaning. It was so gross cleaning that out. Like, don't just, just yeah. <laughs> my dog was my protector this week, and there's a fly that was uh, bugging uh, both of us. And as it landed on, he tried to snap it out of the air. He's very slow compared to the fly, but I his efforts. <laughs> Yeah, this is actually one of the most common morphs that they do, just because it's extremely useful, can travel pretty well. So many jokes about being a fly on a wall. (laughs) Yeah, and try not to get swatted. (laughs) And for the the most part, being successful about that. There's got to be a time if they're in a fly morph, though, that they do get caught in a spider's web. Oh, I don't remember. They got, oh no, Morgan, they get caught in a fly trap, a a, a Venus fly trap, and they get trying to be eaten by a plant. They would have to really try there. (laughs) I can't morph into this. (laughs) That would be interesting if they're like, well, a Venus fly trap's technically an animal because it moves. No. Well, they can't morph into plants, can they? No, they they cannot. No. No. Uh, Oh my God, so many That would be exciting, wouldn't it? (laughs) That'd be the only useful one, seems like. Oh, no, you could do stuff with ends, too. Yeah, there you go. Well, they do like Lord of the Rings in this house. Uh, they're on the Wikipedia or the Seropedia page here. It's like, it does talk about how Lord of the Rings is a big, like, y- the word yerk comes from the Elvish word for, for orc. Oh, uh, okay. It's, so. Which is Y-R-C-H. Little influence in there. Got yeah. it. And we'll see another uh, kind of homage a little bit later to cool. Sauron. 
So they're flying, they get to the hospital and they manage to get their way into there, I think through an air vent. And so they're, you know, they're smelling everything. Like I can smell poop. I can smell bananas. I think of the maternity wards over here. Gross. <laughs> and so they're, they're making their way downtown, flying fast, um, faces pass. Um, but so that's, that's, ooh, you know, ooh, they're doing they're bound. Oh, yeah. Yep. I was like yep. racking my brain trying to figure that out. Good job. Yes. Thank you. So, so they think they smell the gross yerk smell. And they're, so they're like, how are we going to get through this door? And they're like, go through the cracks underneath. So they do that. They have Axe morph first. And while they're still in flies, they, they can see like a um, like a violent vibration in the air. And Axe's eye disappears from sight and a second vibration and then a heavy falling. And then um, apparently when they were in the room they just came into, a human was there and Axe knocked him unconscious uh, just in case it was uh, Prince Jake's brother, Tom. How nice. Which is so, nice, yeah. Uh, so considerate. He's not considerate with the other ones very Yeah, good thing you didn't fucking murder a person in a crowded building. That would probably be yep. bad, right? <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Yeah, because they're like, whoever this guy is, he's someone's brother or son or even father. And it's like, tell that to the Horkbridger you guys have murdered. <laughs> right. Oh, the Horkbridger are all lost. They're probably just wishing for sweet relief. Yeah. Well, and it's a lot harder to just incapacitate a giant bladed lizard person. So. Yeah. <laughs> so there's a Whirlpool jacuzzi in there and they take off the lid and it's this sludgy brown viscous water with rolling slugs in it. And, you know, the Yerks in their natural state. So that's that's gross and fun. Where did they hide this thing before they took over the hospital? Because it's been, how many t- uh, books since the Yerk pool? Uh, a hot minute. Uh, five? Five books since uh, the last Yerk pool? Well, I mean, this is this one's, it's, it's, it's not the Yerk pool. It's, it's not like, the Yerk just, pool. This is like a jacuzzi. It's just a jacuzzi. With like some Yerks in it. Not all the Yerks. Yeah. The rest of the Yerks are still at the Yerk pool. Oh, in an undisclosed location still? Yeah. Yeah, the same Yerk pool that from book one, but the entrance from book one was, was sealed. Yeah. So uh-huh. they there's a new entrance, but they don't know where it is. My question, though, is how do they get all these Yerks in, through this hospital into this thing? Like, like how do they transport them? Well, they said that you know, pretty much everybody's... Oh, yeah, that's right. It's a Yerk there, yeah. It's a Yerk now, so, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. I wonder where they're hiding all the involuntary hosts while these particular Yerks are... Like, where is Tom being kept, right, in the hospital as they are in the... So... I think they've already put new Yerks into into those people's heads. Yeah, there's more Yerks than there are hosts. That's why they need more hosts, because there's some Yerks that just live in the Yerk pool, and they don't have hosts yet. So these are a bunch of Yerks that don't have hosts yet. Yeah. So, well, I assume some well, some of them, and one of them is very special. We'll <laughs> yeah, <find out. laughs> one of but, them is um, cool. But yeah, I think, it, yeah, so they've got a surplus, but they're, they're, it's in a jacuzzi, which is great. And so they're going to try to heat it up and kill all these yerks. Because um, apparently they're temperature sensitive and I guess movement sensitive while they're in this pool. So they're going to try to kill them by turning the jacuzzi on. And thank goodness that Jake is apparently great with wiring because <laughs> like where the jacuzzi, where the jacuzzi was plugged in is just a bunch of like stripped wires. You know, it's like, you know, so obviously they were like, nobody's going to be able to turn on, just turn on this jacuzzi. We just completely fuck with the wiring. But Jake 
being however old he is, whatever. I think it's just like, yeah, red to red, blue to blue. Like, he's just connecting the wires with some tweezers and some tape. Like I guess so. I mean, I don't fuck with electricity. Like, I've shocked myself before on accident. Oh, That's shit. not fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, also, good thing he's but, not colorblind. Yeah. 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 <laughs> red to red, green to green. Yeah. <laughs> Christmas, but um, <laughs> Jake Jake is successful, and the boom uh, begins to happen. Oh yeah, and meanwhile, Cassie morphed Wolf, or and Rachel mm-hmm. too, because it's too big for um, like they morph battle morphs so that if something happens, just in case, yeah. And of course, something happens, and it doesn't even take that something that long for something to happen. It took a few seconds, and the boiling sound began. The familiar jacuzzi bubbling. Then the door opened. <laughs> I'm like, great. So immediately, shit goes wrong. Um, a man and a woman, both wearing white lab coats, um, came in. They froze for a second, and then the woman screams, Andalite, super, <laughs> super. Jake shouted at Axe, so Axe would do something. And Jake's like, a gun, because there's guns. And Axe's tail flashed, because um, I think a security guard came in and cut off his controller's arm. Super. <laughs> so, Axe means business. Axe should have turned around. Was that your brother? <laughs> right? Sorry. That's what I thought. He, he was careful for the first one, and the second one is just like, bam. Um, there's a second guard, and he screams in the walkie-talkie, and, you know, basically everybody's alerted that now that Andalites are here trying to fuck with this plan. Um, guns are going off, bam, bam, but then all of a sudden a sledgehammer blow to Jake's side of his head. And so basically, we think a bullet ricocheted off and hit and hit Jake. And so he passes out face first into the whirlpool with the jacuzzi with all the dying yurks. So we all know where this is going. But <laughs> super, it is called super, the super great. Yeah. <laughs> now we know why. So then when Jake wakes up, he had two terrifying, overwhelming feelings. One was suffocation and one, uh, you know, from breathing in all the fluid. And the other was a, a pain in his head. Oh, boy. Oh boy, <laughs> pain like nothing he'd ever imagined before. Like someone was drilling a hole in his ear, drilling straight into his brain. So this is where I want to get into a little bit of human anatomy. <laughs> so you have, your, you, have your, you have your outer ear, you have your outer ear, then you have your eardrum, which by the way, like if you do, that's like a solid, that's a solid membrane. Like if you rupture that, it's painful and can bleed and it takes a couple weeks for your hearing to get back. The uric has to somehow pass through that, even though it's a solid, although gelatinous thing and like not rupture the eardrum i don't think so i think all these new ear controller people are going to be deaf in one ear yeah and well not deaf but like uh, that would reduced. be so interesting to be like okay we have to figure out if this person is deaf in one ear like that's a What'd tell <laughs> right but then but then also like your inner ear doesn't go straight to your brain like in like a in like a tube sort of a way it's like it's like you have your inner ear, you like vibrate some like some specialized bones, it vibrates fluid, you've even got like calcium like rocks that like help detect like motion, and then it vibrates like your um it's like this curved like um structure, and then like those vibrations like cause like uh I forget what they're they're like it's like specialized neurons and like it like changes them to move position, which then sends an electrical signal. And then like you have like a nerve that goes like more into your brain. But like that's like you can't just have like a, a like a solid thing like mass, <laughs> like move your way through this. I'm like, there is no way into the brain except the traveling along this nerve. But you have to get through all this other crap first. I'm like the ear. The ear is not the way that this should be happening because I don't think it would happen. You'd like destroy this person's ears and you'd have like a deaf controller, which is not useful. <laughs> 
And then it, and then like also for like your bones, like all the rest of your bones and your skull are like fused when you're an adult. So like, because you have like three, you have like three plates or is it four plates for your brain, for your skull, which like fuses as you age. So like, I don't know the way the Yerks are doing this is very science fiction. So obviously you have you on the fiction part, but I was like, this would not be very fun at all. Like you would have so, wrecked some shit. Jason, I want to say that I wish you were there when I was a kid to help explain how physically impossible that was. Because <laughs> when my dad sat us down one night while he was taking care of my brother and I and said, hey, your mom's gone. Let's watch a sci-fi movie together. How about Wrath of Khan? And you were like <laughs> seven years old or six years old. I can't. I was young. And you get to the part where they put the, the alien slugs inside a... Uh, uh, Chekhov's uh, ear to to control him, uh, Khan does. That's the point where I ran screaming from the room. And I wish you were there. And this is where all, all of my phobia stems from watching sci-fi <laughs> around creepy things of aliens going into people's bodies. It gives me the heebie-jeebies. Can't do it. Know exactly why that happened. It was because my dad said, let's watch this movie one night when I was a kid. But if you were there, that would be so great to like say, okay, yeah, no, but this is how the ear works. So like technically this really couldn't happen. Or if it did, actually you might have freaked me out even more. But uh, I, <laughs> I, yeah, I'd like to think that would give me some consolation. <laughs> I, I only, the only reason I think the Yerks can really do this is because like, I think they, they're like, they're sluggy and gelatinous, but I think they can go like even almost more liquidy because the way they like smush into your brain, like... Yeah, it seems like they break down on a molecular level to an extent to be able to yeah. uh, fuse themselves to their host brain. But yeah, because they're talking about like neurons connecting and stuff. Yeah, it goes kind of beyond just a slug pancake. Yeah, which I think that's the only way it's going to work. So now that we're done reliving Kate's trauma with this, <laughs> with this, with this part me. of the chapter. Because <laughs> that sucks. But um, they notice Jake is passed out in the pool or whatever. And they like take him and they grab him and they try to get him out of here. Like first they give him the Marco and his gorilla morph. And then they give him the Cassie and her horse morph to like really get him out of there. And um, so while he, they're trying to get away, he starts hearing a voice in his head. And they start, you know, connecting the dots that um, Jake starts connecting the dots that he's got a yerk in his head. Um, especially because he can't really speak and he's hearing this voice in his head and Cassie's trying to talk to him. Um, so he realizes he's a controller um, and the Yurk is very full of itself, very like, you will never be able to overcome me. It is futile. Um, and he starts poking around in Jake's brain a lot and starts learning things about who they are, that they're humans, and their relationship to each other, which is obviously super. So here's the really bad part, how their plan went to shit and it keeps getting worse. <laughs> so... And then Jake realizes he's a controller. <laughs> uh, just, you know, continuing that streak of oh, what? Jake. What's going on? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, so this year has a name. Temrash 114. Formerly Temrash 252 um, of the Sulpniar pool. I've been promoted. So it's interesting that their names aren't even like static. It's like their their identity is very much um, not solid. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's an interesting theme, too, but that does get rectified because like that's just their num like their number is r actually just them who they are, but their rank is something different. So, yeah, they retcon that later. Okay. 
That's good to know. Morgan, just a small question. Can more than one Yurk enter a host body and then it's like fighting over the steering wheel trying to control that one host? Oh, that would be wild. That I had funny. <laughs> not not done to my knowledge. It'd be a little funny. That would be cool though. I agree. It'd be interesting, yeah. So this this Yurk, we said it was special before. This is the Yurk that was in Tom's head. The one that was supposed to go into the governor. Dun dun dun. So at least it's not going to the governor, but it's Tom's York. So it's all like a little too close Thematic. to home. Yeah. Um, but now they're in the forest. Cassie's taking them, taking Jake to the forest and the others are going to rendezvous with them. And so now Jake, you know, it's been, it's been a, a little bit with the, with the Yurk and his head, Tamrash in there and he's, he can't speak, but the Yurk is starting to speak to his friends for him and doing a pretty good job about it. Jake's noting like it's, you can like feel it rummaging through him. It's like creepy how well it can imitate him so quickly too. Cause it has like full access to his memories. And so it's, it's passing off as Jake pretty well, even like his inflections and whatnot. So that's, you know, not boding well for the team. But they're starting to, you know, draw attention. He's like, I don't want to go to the hospital because what if a doctor does a blood test and they see like some leftover roach DNA or something? Well, it's interesting. I mean, if the if the Yurk has any byproducts that makes its way into the host's blood. That'd be interesting. You yeah. know, hmm. but what happened is so Axe arrives and Jake, controller Jake didn't realize that. So it startled him a little bit. But the Andalite face got really close to him. Um, and his eyes are watching and in a split second. So um, obviously the Andalites and the Yurks don't like each other. So the Yurk controller made Jake's body sort of give a like a, a little bill, like a sort of like a face or, you know, like a, a lip thing. And so with that, Axe and probably some other things, but they didn't, the author didn't reveal, but Axe can tell that there's a, a Yurk inside of Jake. Like Jake made a, well, uh, Jake as a controller was like, is, had an expression of revulsion. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so Axe whips his tail forward and has that scythe blade at Jake's at Jake's throat and yells, Yark! I was really happy and at that point because uh, it's just like, oh, this could go on for a really long time of the others just not knowing that Jake is a, right. a controller. And it's just like, oh, thank God Axe is there. <laughs> yeah, they didn't draw that out. Um, and then Jake is like, are you, and Cassie and Mark are like, are you nuts? What are you doing? What's your problem, Axe? But Axe is like so sure, thank God, um, mm. did not waver, did not pull his deadly tail away. And Axe is like, Prince Jake has been taken. He is a controller. And he's like, his head was in the York pool long enough for York to enter his head. And just now you saw his expression. And he's like, yeah, you weren't asking, answering Cassie for a while. You were zoned out. And, you know, it's like it does take and acts like it does take a little bit for the year to take control of the post brain. So they'd be like in a coma, which also very similar to the Andalites acquiring DNA. Another little overlap, just not as long. The year, you know, obviously point. takes a little bit. And so... Uh, Tobias answered, um, you know, the Yurk needs to return to the pool in three days. So after three days, if we keep him away, we'll know. And they're all like, we can't hold him for three days. How's family's going to call the cops and whatnot? And um, they're basically like, Axe, you're going to be Jake for three days. And this obviously makes the Yurk not very happy. And he starts unraveling a little bit. So Axe needs to acquire Jake's DNA, I guess, again. 
Um, yeah, because he merged that DNA. That DNA is no good anymore. He merged yeah. it with the other animorphs. So he hmm. touches his hand, his one of his fingers on his hand, to Jake's face, and this causes the Yurk to flip the fuck out and screams like, get your hand off me, and the light filth. <laughs> yeah, something Jake says all the time, though. Right? Like <laughs> seals, seals the deal. They all finally know that that is not Jake. Thank goodness, they again, they didn't draw that out long, and they're like, well, we know now for sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So basically the, the Animorphs come up with a plan to tie up Jake and they're trying to find out where they can take him. And Tobias is like, hey, I know a shack in the middle of the woods. Uh, we can do that. And then they're like making a bunch of plans. And I'm like, hey, you should get sure are talking a lot in front of the controller. Like maybe you should do some thought speak stuff instead of just being like okay we're gonna make all these plans just so you know here's what we're gonna do and it's like you know he can hear you i think it's because somehow like they sort of still for a couple chapters sort of betrayed it like they're not a hundred percent convinced and i'm like but like guys (laughs) like come on yeah and the york's still trying to be like as jake you know is still trying to be like well you guys it's not gonna work like you know, the plan that we have where Axe is going to pretend to be me, it, Tom's just going to figure it out and it's going to put all of us in danger. And so that's probably not a great move because at this point, Jake would probably be like, okay, fine, I guess if this is what we're doing, this is what we're doing. Um, Wait a minute, if the Tom Yurk is inside Jake's head, is Tom free? No, Tom's got another Yurk in him. Yeah, he's got a lower ranking Yurk because- I forgot about that, yeah. Yeah, he's just a te- he's just a teenager, so Jake does have this moment where he's like, oh, is Tom free then? And the Yurk's like, you stupid, dumb boy. Like, no, he has a lower ranking Yurk now. And the Yurk, uh, Tamrash, I guess, keeps saying it's not going to work. And then Axe says, humans believe what they see. And Jake turns around to see that Axe has already morphed him. And Axe says, I morphed a while back. I've been watching the way you walk and move to better be able to, like, imitate you. Which is smart move, Axe. Good job. And when it comes down to actually, you know, confronting a Yurik, Axe actually gets his yeah. uh, tail in gear. Well, it's the only time he's serious with all the Yurks. Yeah. Could you imagine him trying to pretend, you know, to work out a uh, human uh, voice and speaking while he was slashing off uh, human arms in the, yeah. in the hospital? <laughs> I'll figure it out. Um, and Marco's like, if you really were Jake, you'd be frustrated that you we wrongly suspected you, but you'd figure the smart thing to do would be to help Axe play the role. If you were you, you'd have you'd have to hope that Axe pulled it off. And so they're like, yep, this isn't Jake. So they take Jake to the shack, Jake controller to the shack and tie him up. Marco and Cassie go with Axe to prep him to pretend to be Jake around Jake's family. And then Tobias and Rachel stay to guard Jake controller, which Jake is pretty nervous about because it's only two of them there. But the Yurk's pretty confident that he can escape. Uh, he's like already imagining he's going to be a, a he says under visor, which in the reprint um, was switched to sub visor. Yeah, they changed sub-visor. it to sub visor, which sounds better. There's sub visors in future uh, books. 
And so Jake's like, oh, do you have these kind of fantasies often? And the York's like, well, let's look at some of your fantasies, little kid. And so they bring up this thing where it's like the buzzer is counting down and he makes a mid-court three-point shot and wins the game. And he's like, I wanted to crawl into a hole and die because this is so embarrassing. (laughs) And then the York also replays the memory from that morning where Tom's talking to Jake, except it's this time it's from Tom's point of view, and Jake can hear Tom inside his head begging the Yerk to leave Jake alone when he keeps trying to convince him to join the sharing. Yeah, that so that's sweet a bit rough. and sad. Yeah, that sucks, because he's like, it seems like Tom's given up, and I know that I'm not stronger than the real Tom, so eventually I will give up too. So it's just, it's, yeah, it's rough. But he's hopeful that his friends are going to keep him so that the Yurk will die in three days. So later that night, Jake dreams the dream again where he's the tiger and he's stalking Tom. And the Yurk's like, interesting dream, very metaphorical. And then the Yurk starts to morph into the tiger. And then Jake, Jake says, how could I have been so stupid? Of course. The Yurk controlled my hands and feet and voice. He controlled my very mind. Of course he had my morphing power too. Jake, Jake. You've seen Visitor 3 more. There's a reason why everybody's surrounding you and watching you like a hawk. Literally. Literally as a hawk. (laughs) Yeah, so he finishes Morphing Tiger and kind of like goes off into the night, but he gets lost. He like is walking through the forest and eventually can't figure out which way to go to get to the city. So the Yurk's like, why didn't I just fly? So he demorphs and starts to morph Peregrine Falcon, but he gets slammed by a great horned owl and is injured, not like self-threatening, life-threatening, but enough to keep him from being able to fly. And the owl is Cassie. And so uh cassie says like well we wanted to make sure that you uh he tried to escape when we knew he was trying to escape and cat uh, rachel just pretended to fall asleep so that uh you know it was like here's where you're gonna try to escape so that we can be ready for him and the yurk starts to feel a little bit afraid but starts making other plans to escape yeah. so if, if so, they're they're doing a waiting game, holding Jake hostage, so that the Yurk will die out in three days, since it can't go back to its Yurk pool while it's cap inside his uh, head, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, basically gain control back of Jake again. If this works, um, then could they do it for like Tom and others? Yes, but other Yurks know that Tom is infested. So they would just be like, hey, what's up? Why is New York not reporting in? And then they would reinfest him and. Oh, okay. Good point. Probably reinfest the rest of his family for good measure. Mm-hmm. Fair point. Okay, continue. So eventually the York tries again. He morphs Wolf and starts running around, but then he smells that Wolf Pack that we remember from book three, who almost got into a fight with Jake as Wolf and Tobias had to like steal the rabbit to get them to break up. So. The Yurk gets really nervous, and then Marco just kind of walks out of the shadows as a human and is like, come on, dude, I'm tired. Can we, like, I want to go home. And also, there's an elephant behind you, and also Cassie is a flea nestled down in Jake's uh, wolf fur. But I'm wondering, when would Cassie have done that? That's why I think it's a bluff, because it's like, when did Cassie have time to turn into a flea and then who deposited her on jake you know what i mean maybe she did it while she was in the air from the out 
Damn, that would be skill. (laughs) (laughs) If anybody could do it, Cassie could. You have to be so high up to demorph from owl, morph into human, morph into flea, and land, and and then land on on Jake directly. (laughs) I think Cassie could do it. She's she's the best. Yeah, hang on to that moment uh, for two more books. Anyway, um, so yeah. Then the Yurk's like, fine, I'll go home. Like, he's like a kid that got caught doing something. And he's like, okay, I'm in trouble. So the next morning, the Yurk tries morphing Ant. He gets about three feet before he starts getting ripped apart by other ants and has to demorph. (laughs) (laughs) Then the last time he tries to escape, he takes on a peregrine falcon. And this, like, the injuries are healed from when Cassie, as as Owl, hurt him like hurt him to prevent him from taking off. So this time Tobias just lands next to him calmly while he's still mostly or like half morph, grabs the falcon head in his talons. And it's just like, you know, if you don't demorph right now, I'm going to squeeze and kill you. And the Yurk is like, you wouldn't kill me because then you kill your friend. And then Tobias is like, ask Jake if I would kill him. Because at the beginning of this, we all made a pact that we would rather be dead than be a controller. And the York's like, oh yeah, you're right. (laughs) So he demorphs and just kind of gives up after that because he he stops saying like, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Instead is saying like, the Yurks will still beat you and humans will lose, but kind of has accepted the fact that he's going to die. Mm -hmm. And then after that, we start what's called the fugue, or the Yurk calls the fugue, which are the final hours of, you know, starvation. So Cassie shows up and kind of holds Jake's hand. And the Yurk takes comfort in this too, but Jake doesn't really care because, you know, he's going to die. <laughs> the Yurk's going to die. Yeah. Oh, also, do we get mention of some other aliens? Yes, we the do. Guests? So so the Yurk starts telling up a little bit about the Yurk history, how, you know, they have all those parasites. And they did not kill to eat. They, he's, the Yurk says they were peaceful. And they just took a lot of different species as their hosts. And that as their hosts evolved, so did them. And they their host over time became what's called the Geds, which were like monkeys. Yeah. And their, their, their legs home. are uneven. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, his first host was a Ged. I'm going to start calling it Ged and Jed. <laughs> we had that kind of situation <laughs> last time. Uh, then he had a, got a Hork-Bajir and then he had Tom. And so Jake starts seeing visions of this first host, the Hork-Bajir, and then Tom. And it says in the original, some of these memories transferred to Jake like a computer transferring a document onto a floppy disk. (laughs) Floppy disk. And they change it in the reprint to uh, a flash drive. (laughs) And he sees how Tom is captured. Um, Tom joined the sharing so he could spend more time with a girl he liked. He's like, this is just like the most normal, like innocuous thing. And he thought that the girl was like cheating on him or talking to another guy. So he kind of is like, he stumbles accidentally into a secret leadership meeting and sees Visitor 3. And so they have, they like wrestle him and, and take him over. Um, so that's how Tom got captured, sadly. Of course, for a girl. What a, <laughs> what a straight person. Never be straight. <laughs> <laughs> so I mentioned what an existential space robot earlier. So this is where we get the existential space robot. Says, um, the Yurk shuddered. I could feel it. A physical spasm. My vision changed. I felt it's hard to describe. I felt as if I were seeing through things into things like I could see the front and back and top and bottom and inside of everything all at once. 
Then I saw it. A creature or a machine? Some combination of both. It had no arms. It sat still as if unable to move on a throne that was miles high. Its head was a single eye. The eye turned slowly left and right. I trembled, prayed it would not look my way. And then it saw me. The eye, the blood red eye looked straight at me. So there's our Sauron little guy. I want to just touch base that uh, the Yerk before he started going into the, or he, she, uh, not sure what the gender of the Yerk is. Technically, they don't have gender, so we just use the gender of their host. Okay. The Yerk did say to Jake that he should, Jake should ask a, acts about the history mm. of the Yerks and the Andalites and uh you know prod prod that out of him one day hinting that there's there's a, a deep history there which makes me think that Jason's theory is correct mm-hmm. there's something there don't something, worry something went <laughs> afoul yeah um yeah we'll get some of that with with axes book a couple a couple books and then and a chronicles will will be great so, yeah, answers are coming soon. Cool. So, I like world expanding. Yes. So when Jake opens his eyes, the yerk is on the ground. It kind of dries up into nothing. And then that night, Jake just has to have dinner with his family. Like, nothing happened. And he's kind of just, like, pushing his food around his plate. So the parents and Tom are like, so what's uh, what's going on? You weren't like this the last three days. You were eating everything in the house and talking weird. And he just kind of, like, shrugs it off. And you realize acts and do an amazing job but did <laughs> okay yeah yeah he doesn't really say anything and so it's like well seems like they weren't super suspicious maybe they just thought i was in a mood like a teenager mood or something well yeah, I, think, I think i think his parents suffer from like most like media parents when it like if something focuses on a children they're like sometimes well-intentioned but like absent yeah, just like it's like not. I woke really up. Super... I came home and my kid was behind the fridge, and uh, <laughs> then for the next three days he was eating a bunch. He maybe he was on drugs. I don't know. <laughs> Puberty. These darn kids. <laughs> yeah, Tiao, teenagers. You just can't understand them, huh? <laughs> not even gonna try. <laughs> so uh, Jason gets another point today because the next day Jake meets up with the others at Cassie's barn and uses Cassie's cell phone to call Tom. While he's partially morphed into a wolf to change his voice. Air horns. Yeah. I need to get Partial an air horn uh, <laughs> sound effect. But yeah, uh, that's two points for Jason. <laughs> Half morphing to change your voice was the other prediction that you made. Other I made than- a prediction that, or I asked if they could uh, capture somebody to just uh, force a yerk out of them after three days. So I'd like to say that it did come oh, yes. true in this book. Yes. And one point for Kate. Thank you. <laughs> and none for Gretchen Wieners. <laughs> uh, anyway. <laughs> so his message to Tom is don't give up. Don't ever give up. And he hangs up. And that's the end. It ends very quiet. Never give up. Never surrender. Okay. Yeah. It's a tough one. It's um, It's a very existential dread book. Number seven. So next we're doing number seven, The Stranger. Is this the first Axe book? It's where we meet one of my screen names. <laughs> and I'm trying, let me, I'm just going to do a skip here to see where this, is. I don't think there's any trigger warnings, really. Um, Mention of cannibalism? 
Ooh. <laughs> I well, guess. I mean, is it human is cannibalism? It, is it cannibalism if you eat Tobias? <laughs> Just uh, if a human eats, cooks and eats Tobias as a hawk, is it is it cannibalism? No, his DNA is hawk. Yeah, okay, then it's not. Never mind. <laughs> Forget it. Who, why? <laughs> See, many questions you're going to have to read. There's to your find teaser. Out. Your teaser for next <laughs> week is what the fuck is this about? Uh, there's taxons in the next one. So that kind of taxon stuff happens. And that's about it. Okay. Uh, what the hell is this? Called? There's the Animorphs jigsaw puzzles. Excuse me. What? <laughs> that's what I'm. Okay. Okay. You know what? At me, at Morgan underscore Slay on Twitter, if you would like to send me an Animorphs 200-piece puzzle, or any piece, I don't really care, <laughs> send it to me, please. Sign up for the GoFundMe to donate one piece at a time. <laughs> you can find our podcast on Twitter at Middlemorph. You can find my other podcast at R the letter U the word serious pod on Twitter if you want to hear some antics of bad people on Reddit. Uh, Jason, where can people find you? People can find me on Twitter at bottomus underscore prime. I'm a basic bitch. <laughs> and uh, you have to turn your Facebook status to getting oh, married. My God. Girl, yeah. don't trust the lizard man. <laughs> don't trust the lizard man, Mark Zuckerberg. Don't use Facebook. I gotta use it for work. Anyway, uh, Kate, where can people find you? Yeah, so I'm not on social media so you can find me by hiring a skyplane and writing a message through the air. We can communicate that way. Or if that's a little too much, you can reach us at middlemorphmillennials at gmail.com. Is it middlemorphmillennials or middlemorph? I at forgot. middlemorph at gmail.com. <laughs> okay. I did make both. <laughs> if you're thinking about stealing one of our email addresses, I have them both. So, so. Isn't that the worst thing when you become famous and then people like steal your username? <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, why am I blank blank number six? <laughs> yeah, you change like the L into a one or something. <sighs> well, join us next time for The Stranger. It's gonna get weird, y'all. Stranger danger. Don't touch my no-no square. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>